I couldn't believe it either. I know, I told him. Yeah, but here's the thing you need to remember is that, oh, well, hey, good evening, world, and welcome to the first ever live episode of Haunting Season. I'm Joshua Sterling Bragg, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Cody Dugan. Hello, Joshua. We are Haunting Season, you know, instead of saying live, we should just go Haunting Season Dead. Haunting season dead instead of live. Uh, uh, I am uh, a Cody uh, uh, of the official living Cody. Uh, tonight, I am Cody of the official living dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. What, that, that's a great costume. What are you, um, you a zombie? Uh, oh, I just put on a little jacket. That's all. I, I like yours. I mean, too. like the, you know, you look like you're rotting or. Oh, uh, actually, no, I've been actually been doing really well. I, I, I stopped wearing uh, like a mask. Like there's a lot of these. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of oh. it. I, it was just always I couldn't breathe. You know, it was just like very difficult to breathe. So I just started taking off the ma <clears throat> the mask and I'm 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 feeling better. I I, th I think I'm yeah, looking you're better doing well tonight. I think I'm doing really well. <clears throat> yeah. Well. Um. Okay. Since this might be Cody's last night, we might as well get this uh, going. Um. So with us as well to kick off the opening of our live guest-filled Halloween extravaganza tonight is one of Haunting Season's very own executive producers, CEO of Believe Limited, and host of several podcasts, including the Bloodstream podcast that I was on earlier today, Patrick James Lynch. What is up, gentlemen? And I gotta say, uh, hello, hello, hello. wow, what a what a greeting! That was lovely. Although before that greeting, I was kind of worried, Cody, because you do look like you're rotting and decomposing rather quickly. Um, it's funny. I I I I can adjust the lighting. I I think I look pretty good. I've been. I mean, I I feel great. Uh -huh. I, I feel like I, I've. Uh, I've gotten stopped by a couple of actually uh, scouts who were like, do you model? And I was like, are you serious? Me? <laughs> Little me? So I, I feel hmm. I feel pretty, I feel good. And I, I feel like I'm pretty confident about the way I, my appearance. I, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I, maybe it's just, it's probably just the lighting. Most likely the lighting. Most likely yeah. the yeah, lighting. It's probably the lighting, but just, you know, in case things deteriorate rapidly. Um, so Patrick is running the show behind the scenes today. And we'll be chiming in as our voice of hell from time to time. The voice, the voice of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's not every day you get to call the CEO the voice of hell. Not if to get away with it. If you're coming from hell, then we should call you like Beelzebub. Beelzebub, I like that. We'll call you Bubby. Hey, Bubs. Hey, Bubs. Hey, Bobby. I like Bubby. It sounds sweet. Okay, Bubby. But before we get to Bubby <laughs> and his involvement in the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Halloween. Cody, do you happen to know anything about the history of <laughs> it's Halloween? Funny, funny you should ask, Joshua. I've been working so hard and diligently for this, this moment to Bring give a little history of, of Halloween and the origins of, of Halloween. Halloween... <laughs> It comes from, now I'm sure there's all sorts of variations, but the one I found, it, it comes from the ancient Irish festival of Samhain. This is a day the undead are thought to walk among the living and we must ward off the evil spirits. So I found that like a lot of the American, like North American, United States origins that we celebrate today come from this festival, the Samhain festival. Wow. 
um, in particular, like the veil is thin, you know, we, the, the, the dead and, and spirits are walking amongst us, if you will. Yeah. So Halloween's so, an Irish holiday. It's uh, total. I mean, yes, absolutely. It's, it started with uh, the, the Irish and, and, and the Celts and a lot of those same traditions in some way, shape or forms uh, continue with the way in which we typically celebrate our Halloween. Um, I, I'm sure bobbing for apple. I never bob for apples, but are you familiar with like bobbing for you? You're a, bob. you're a bob. You're a bobber. I've been known to bob. Yeah. You've been Not known to bob. Likes the beard, but like yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, and I'm pre-COVID. I would assume I, that's probably not a popular sure. thing to be doing now during the the COVID. No, uh, absolutely not. So the bobbing for apples, it's it's a symbol. I didn't know this. It's a symbol for uh, fertility. The Celts believe that the and I didn't know this either. There's a pentagram. You cut an apple, and apparently, like a pentagram is like there's some sort of shape or form inside a sliced apple with the seeds that resembles a pentagram. Sure. So that represents fertility. And so is it, wait, hold on. Is it like evil fertility, like Rosemary's baby? I I I don't know about that. What, what what it means is if like when the couple bobs for apples, and if one of them were to pick up an apple with their mouth, that meant you were most likely going to be having a child in the coming year. Okay. So that's, I find that kind of interesting. That's where that comes from. But then we also think of Halloween. What are the official, the official colors of Halloween? What do you, what do you? Orange and black. Orange and black. Yeah. Okay. In Celtic legend, orange and black, the colors of Halloween, those are the colors of death. Ooh. Yes, 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 yes. So we've got colors of death and signs of life in the same holiday. Coming together. And then also, and while they're walking amongst us, like all these, and that's why in, in Ireland, they used to dress up like they would, like they, they say masquerade. So they could disguise oh, sure. themselves amongst those who were the undead or these spirits. So that those spirits would be confused and be like, I don't know, I don't know what you are. are. You part of us? So it would be to confuse those spirits. So that's Josh would be I very mean. confusing. Yeah, he would be a very, very confusing. <laughs> Cody too. I mean, I oh, never mind. Well, I mean, the jacket. Great. I don't think, but um, I you mean, don't think yeah. the Rangers? They don't think the Rangers would confuse them. I think I think that with the sea, knowing that you're a captain, they might be a right. little thrown off, and then they would be like, "Well, oh, well, he's he's a that's strange." What about like uh, jack o' lanterns? Uh, you know, so like that's jack o' lantern. Like this comes from they use turnips in Ireland. So what? instead of yeah, so uh, so it's a funny story. They would use this and and to try to ward off the evil spirits and scare them away from their place. So they would they would take these huge turnips that they have in Ireland and then carve them. And they're, they're, I mean, if you look at these things, they're super, like, they're very, they're, it's much more scary than a jack-o'-lantern that we Patrick, see. Or can you find one? Oh, I'm doing that right now. Please. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's very you strange. <laughs> so when they came to America, they didn't have these turnips like they have in Ireland. So they just used, see, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what they had. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's oh, much no. more scarier than the, the innocent little <laughs> sweet pumpkin that we see with the smiling face. That's what they had back I then. I think we need to bring that back. I don't know I why we got away from that. I think you need to get it off the screen. Okay. I think it needs to go. 
I'm going to dream of only that tonight. Yeah. So that's where that, that, and that, and there's also this, this tale of this guy named stingy Jack, who was a drunkard who yeah. uh, bargained with the devil. And of course he loses. And so right. he's uh, damned to roam the earth with only a hollowed turnip to light his way. And so that's the Jack O'Lantern. And now, wow. you know, when, when the Irish came over here to America, they brought all this and now it's just evolved. So now instead of using turnips, the only thing that was close or available was the pumpkin. So now we carve the pumpkin, we bob for apples, we go out trick-or-treating, you and know, we completely to ignore dress up. Yeah, <laughs> so there it is. But this is, you know, this isn't Halloween. Joshua, this is October 30th. This is what you've been discussing and, and talking about for the longest period of time. Mischief night, which I have no idea. Yeah, well, you know, so I've been second guessing myself because so many people have been like, you know, over the past week or two, I haven't heard of Mischief Night before. It's not real. So I did a quick Google search and found out that it goes by different names and occurs at different times of the year, depending on where you live. But it does exist. So I grew up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Mischief Night there is the night before Halloween. And it's mostly when like teens go out and they play pranks. They vandalize, they uh, toilet paper trees, they egg houses, that sort of thing. And in the Northeast, and also New Orleans for some reason, it's called Mischief Night there. Uh, but if you're up by the Great Lakes, it's called Devil's Night. And if you're down in Baltimore, it's called Moving Night. And that's because the pranks down there mostly, you know, are about moving people's furniture to different houses. Which really? I don't... Truly, yeah, it's outdoor furniture. So you sneak around at night and you swap porches, or maybe you yeah. take it five yards away. Break your back, get a hernia. That's that's what it's hernia night. Yeah, I mean, I won't move a piece of furniture from the bedroom to the front room. I don't know what these kids are <laughs> kicks doing, but um, where, where do these things come from? I well, so it, I don't know the exact origin. Like the first time it was ever mentioned was 1790 in a play, huh. um, and. Other than that, I don't, I don't really know, but they, they have it in England as well. Um, but they do it the night before Guy Fawkes night. So remember, remember the 5th of November. That's when uh, Guy Fawkes broke into parliament with the plan to blow it up in Whoa. like the 1600s or something like that. And so okay. they still celebrate that holiday by uh, making a Guy Fawkes mannequin and putting him on top of the biggest bonfire you can possibly build. The one I went to was like, almost two stories tall and then lighting wow. it on fire and celebrating that this guy failed at blowing up parliament. Wow. Ooh, so all, all right. of this is to say I'm, I'm not so weird after all and mischief night is a real thing. So there, well, I, I you're still freaking weird, bro. But, uh, <laughs> this mischief night does actually exist. And it, it sounds like it's a very popular thing in, in, in regional too. It, it, you know, it, it's like you're saying in the great lakes, it's something else, but, it yeah, is. and there were a couple other ones too. Like, there's a some places call it uh, Gate Night, and it's the idea that the gates of hell are opened. And then I don't know oh. why, but the two other ones I heard are Goosey Night and Cabbage Night. Cabbage. So, yeah, there's more research to do. Maybe the cabbage got thrown away with the turnips. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've got a really packed show tonight with a lot of stuff to get in, and in a very short amount of time. So before. Before we do that, I want to talk to Patrick while you're here really quick before you duck behind the curtain again, Bubsy. And uh, we've <laughs> known each other for a really long time. We've been working at Believe since the very beginning. Um, and we talked a little bit on your show, Bloodstream, today about why I wanted to bring the show back. But I want to flip the coin here a little bit. 
what made haunting season a yes for you when I was pitching the room, uh, the reboot, what made you want to be involved? Well, you know, honestly, I was a fan of the show first. And I think as a producer, I often think first as a fan or an audience member, like, what do I enjoy? What do I want? What am I looking for? And so I knew that the stories that you were crafting and the stories you were telling the way that you were uh, producing them, I, I knew it was powerful. I knew it was something that I wanted more of. And obviously the the number of people who subscribe to the channel over the years and the people who have stuck around and are commenting and, and are still there are just testament to like, you built something really strong. So when you proposed it with vigor and then seeing the other team members get excited, it was real easy for me to get excited. And then on top of all of that, we do so much work in healthcare. This has nothing to do with any of that. So I just kind of get to put on a Mark Messier jersey and review edits of, of interviews with amazing authors talking about like, churches they went into that inspired stories. It's It just connects me to something that I don't otherwise have a connection to. So I feel very grateful to be a part of it. And thank you, Josh and Cody for bringing it back and bringing it back with such life. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, or such death. Uh, so I was gonna say, you've seen Office Space, right? Oh, the yeah. movie? Mm -hmm. What would you say you do around here? As an executive producer, what is your involvement what would you say you do around here? And what does it mean to be like, this is a two-part question. What does it mean to be an executive producer on Haunting Season? Yeah, well, that's a great, we'll start there because being an executive producer can mean a million different things depending on the project and depending on the producer and depending on the needs. So on this project for me, um, it was I've been involved in conversations early on about the direction of the show, the structure of the episodes, the structure of each month, the strategy behind what we're doing. Um, and now I'm going over with Josh as kind of, he brings things to me. Hey, would you mind giving a, you know, a listen to this edit and, and give some content notes? Hey, would you check out what we're doing on Instagram and kind of go back and forth with me on ideas? So I'm now in a position where I kind of get to sit back a little bit and respond to whatever haunting season needs and otherwise enjoy it as a fan. So I got a pretty sweet gig as the EP of haunting season, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate having a, uh, a sounding board with someone so creative to, um, you know, really figure out what we're doing, because this is all new territory. It's a show, you know, that we started in 2013, but we're, we're taking a whole new look at at the way we do things. And Patrick is the uh, king of podcasts around our offices. <laughs> um, I have one more question for you before um, we draw the curtain, and um, it is to take a look inside my crystal ball. Oh boy. And see oh, oh boy. what you see for the future of haunting season. It can be a wish or a dream or a clairvoyant view of the future. Just tell me what you see Ooh. here. <laughs> okay. Well other than me. Well, yeah, yeah I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a lot of you. A lot of you. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting an underwater vibe. I don't know what that means. And I, I don't know if it's like um like a lake or an ocean or a pool, but I, I'm getting a vibe of, of water. Underwater. There's there's water in haunting season's future. That is water. really strange because, um, well, I won't give anything away, but I've already written the stories for November and uh, it includes being underwater at some point. That's all I'll say. So that's I did not really know that. weird, Patrick. That's I did not know that. And so there must be something to it. I think that crystal ball works, but I will get back behind the curtain now because I know we got a lot to get to. So uh, thank you guys so much for thank including you. me. Oh, all right, Bubs. You're officially Bubs now. Bubs! <laughs> Bubs is going away to become the voice of hell. <laughs> awesome. Well, so we're off to a good start, but uh, I think before we bring in our next people, we should do a little trivia. 
Uh, yeah, okay, so you're going to be doing this trivia, which you talked about, and you kind of prepped me and gave me a little bit of background, but how is this going to exactly work? Yeah, so this all came to be because uh, I've got a trivia group that I play with on Tuesday nights, and I said I would do horror movie trivia or scary movie trivia, and um, and then some things got shifted around, and uh, you know some of the weeks got compressed, and I was like, what if I do my trivia on the live show? And then that'll give us something to do. Um, and then uh, you know they can play along at home. So shout out to uh, everybody in my trivia group. What's up? And uh, here's so there's going to be 24 questions with an opportunity for 41 points. It's going to be spread in uh, four different sections throughout the show. And uh, there's no prizes. It's just for fun. And uh, you there's going to be math. Points. What's that? There's going to be math. No, I'll, uh, well, yeah, do, do your own math. At, at the end of the show, I'll ask you how many points you got, and we'll kind of see, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so won. It'll probably be Ryan and Jen. Um, but anyway, so here's trivia round one. So this is uh, movie quotes. Uh, full disclosure, this is going to be the hardest round out of all of them. Um, but I had to throw in a few quotes out there for the real diehard fans. And it's going to be, uh, you get a point for if you can name the movie, and a point if you can name... Uh, the character. And so, Cody, you can play along as well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run through all six questions, and then we'll go back and see if you can answer. Um, and that'll be the way we kind of reveal to okay. everybody. So then do I answer them right now, or do I just write them down? Write them down. Write them down, and then uh, I'll, you'll get a chance to answer once I read all six. Okay, so here's number one. Okay. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? That's number one. Number two. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> I know that. I, I've got that one. Okay. You don't want me to do it again? Uh, one more time. Just for just I, 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 my ear, my hearing and... The next one's just as good. Here's number three. Jesus oh. wept. Uh, okay. Here's number... Four, I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf. All right. Oh, man. He's getting them all. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Let's see how many you know. There's all right. A monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? Uh, I'm going to have to be honest with you right now. Uh, I'm not off to a really good start, but I feel confident with the rest of the answers. Uh, <laughs> I... I don't know that one. That is Bo from Signs, the little girl. Oh, I should have known that. That's like your favorite horror flick. I know. Shit. All right. Um, all right. Uh, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. That's uh, that's going to be Freddy, and that's going to be uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct. Jesus wept. That's uh, Pinhead and uh, Hellraiser. Oh, it's not Pinhead. Damn it. Which I nope. get one point. I don't get Frank. two points. I don't get the full points. Yeah, you get one point. It's Frank. Ah. Uh, I will not right. be threatened by a walking meatloaf. That we just watched. Uh, and that I, I, the movie, I believe, is, uh, uh, okay, so I don't know the, American Werewolf in London, but I don't yeah. know the, I can't remember the guy's name who says David. it. David. Okay. David. So that's one, I get one point there. 
All right, be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm gonna go with an old fashioned, like an old. It sounds like it's a tagline from an old scary movie, and I'm gonna go with the thing. Nope. It's the fly. So I get zero points there. No points. Dang it! And then the last one. Hello, would you like to roll in the hay? That's uh oh boy. All right, so that's Terry Gar. Roll in the hay. I'm gonna. It's I, but I can't remember her name from the the movie. But it's Terry Gar. In Young ah. Frankenstein. Yeah, the character's name is Inga. Inga! All right, Inga. all right, all right. So I get one point there. Yeah. All okay, right. so we're, that's we're... round one of trivia. Rack up your points. There's a possible, you know, two points per question there. And, uh, you know, keep track and we'll ask at the end of the show. But for now, uh, we're going to invite in our uh, significant others, Courtney and Jessica. We also have uh, Fozzie is very, we've got, uh, he's being very loud. We got spooky dogs. <laughs> we've got spooky very dogs. Excited. Yes. Hello. 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 So, season. I thought it would be interesting because uh, Cody and I love, Cody and I love scary movies. Um, and you guys will tend to watch them. Uh, but not the truly horrific ones. And um, we haven't talked about really what we each find the most scary. And uh, for me, it's not bats or pumpkins. So these dogs are safe. Um, but yeah, Jessica, I want to know, what, what what do you think is most terrifying? And like, what are you most afraid of? I mean... And this is not to like prank you later. I'm just... No, <laughs> that's the thing. I've lived yeah, too yeah. long. I can't be sure. On guard. No, I think the most terrifying thing right now is the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, your man should be wearing a mask. Um, I. He's a feminist. (laughs) (laughs) Have they ever made a movie about the patriarchy? Like, I don't know. Wasn't. um, Like, as the basis. I'm trying to think like there's like class. There's like school movies where it's like, oh, we don't need no. You know, where it's like the teachers are bad. And the I'd say and... Texas Chainsaw Massacre is right. about the patriarchy. Okay. Sure. Cody, what, what do you find most frightening? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, well, I, I think we, you know, like lack of sleep, like not getting enough sleep is very terrifying. So Nightmare on Elm Street of being like, um, you know, having this thing haunt your dreams and haunt your sleep. That is pretty, uh, pretty terrifying. Uh, I, I think for me. You know, I need at least 14, 14 hours of sleep. We should talk about that in an upcoming episode. You think so? Oh. Yeah. What fear? A fear of uh, fear of sleep? Yeah, maybe like next week. If you Could can be. come up with a story, if you can come up with a story, <laughs> Joshua. All right. I don't know. I don't know what I find most terrifying. Um, it might just be like not leaving uh, an impact. You know, like having having died and not uh, had it mean anything. You know. Well, yeah, okay. That's but that's I mean that's like really you have nothing to fear there because guess what you have an impact on your lovely wife right next to you you have an impact on 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 me you have an impact on Jessica you have an impact you can die happy yeah you can die happy you have nothing to wear all right you've got Cornelius they love you signing off no not yet no we don't do it yet just Courtney what are you uh what are you most afraid of. I'm legitimately afraid of everything. <laughs> There's not one thing in this w- world that I don't think I can figure out a way to be terrified of because everything is scary. And Wait. I know this. 
Twinkies. I'm, I'm scared of everything. Everything. Twinkies? Okay, so here's the thing about a Twinkie. Like, what if you take a bite and the cream, like, shoots into your throat and you choke and no one's around? You could die. That's it. So always have someone around. Yeah. Always have a plan B, though. So you know how Target, like, comes out with tons of games, like, all the time? And, like, every time you walk into, I don't know about you, but Target is our, like, our, our COVID escape. So okay. we go to the grocery store, we go to Target, and then we go home for the week. Um, so I've been looking at the board games, and they had one called Your Worst Nightmare. And I just pulled a couple random cards because I know Courtney's afraid of everything. And so I just wanted to know, what, what do you think about dolls? Nope. No. 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 No to a doll. Fuck a doll. Can I say that word? Wait, wait. What kind of word? Yeah. Nope. Is this a doll? That is creepy. Not, oh my God. not physically F a doll, but like basically, hey, get like Listen, get rid of the doll. They can come to life in your sleep. Have you not seen Toy Story? That could be real. Have you uh, not yeah. seen Annabelle? Yeah. That play. could I never, be real. Okay, so what I, about the ocean? No. If you cannot see the bottom of a body of water, you do not get into it. Does that include cruise ships? Okay, no. First of all, cruise ships are full of re weird drunk people that could push you off the side of the boat without a warning. No to a cruise ship. Also, food poisoning. Also, what if the cruise ship gets stuck in the middle of the ocean and then you have to eat your, like, shipmates because there's nothing left? How long would you be stuck? I don't know. Three days? When do you get hungry? Did you say... Does the food run out? What about toilet seats? Okay, toilet seats are... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're just so okay. Here's the thing about a toilet seat when you're a woman. Mm. If the three women before you don't sit on the toilet seat, you better believe you're sitting on three people's pee, even if you clean it up. I can't imagine how many people's pee I've sat in in my life. Bridges. Nope. I don't even want to talk about it. Bridges? Jeez, okay. you really. Okay. Chickens are modern day dinosaurs. And they can peck your eyes out. Some guy just died from a rooster. Did you guys know that? He tried to no. bring up a rooster fight. And the rooster killed him. Well, then don't fight any roosters. Right? Lesson right. learned. So is this rooster awareness month? Like, we need to be aware that there are, there's there's a the way to die. Guys, they are modern day raptors. They're Every delicious. They're delicious. Getting stuck in an elevator is the same thing as a cruise ship. Like, do you end up having to eat the person you're stuck in there with? What are you stuck in there for a month? I don't know. <laughs> what is, I don't know. You have to have a designated pee corner. Pee needles? Corner? No needles. No needles. Okay. The undersides of tables in public places? How many boogers are under there? I don't know. I How don't count them. How many people go like this and stick them under there? Wait, do you? Under do you? Does everyone here do that? I I've worked in many a restaurant, and I got to tell you, there are burgers under those tables. I just, I'm, more, I'm, more, I'm more of a tosser. I toss my bugs. Yeah, it's like a, an underhand flick. Oh, yeah, yeah, roll it up and then boink. What about falling through a hole in a frozen lake? Immediate death. Everyone's seen that. No, Immediate just, death. No, there's that, that film that came out last year where the kid was under there for like a day and live. Don't people do that? And that movie is, is no. Meredith Grey in Grey's Anatomy for a whole episode was underneath she the water. She didn't fall through a frozen lake though. Wait. She just fell into the ocean. That's a TV show. Driving next to big trucks. Nope, you die. What they can't see you. <laughs> I've never died riding next to a big they truck. They can't, what if they don't, what if they try to come into your lane and they can't see you and they 
push your car off the side of a cliff or into a mountain range or into the like, what's that thing guard thing? Death. I got one more. Waterborne disease. What the fuck? What the heck is a waterborne <laughs> disease? I'm sorry. This is who married. What is a waterborne disease? Is that like that creature that can like crawl through your holes if you're in the water? I don't know. It looks like amoebas. They got like yeah, little yeah. tails. What is a waterborne? And now I'm scared of water. Just don't let it sit for too long. Yeah. Then it becomes oh. contaminated. It's a scary place in your brain. I know. How do you even, I mean, really, uh, this this whole new way of we're living has got to be one of the greatest things because you don't have to it's go out and do anything. It's I don't have to leave my house. I'm not afraid. Well, I'm afraid of normal things in my house. Like, what if a car comes, like, pummeling through the front window when I'm trying to, like, watch a movie? Normal Ooh. things. That There's trees in between the house. And so they're going to, the tree's going to come through first and then the car and then we all you'll, die. You'll be crushed. All right. Oh my God. One last question for both of you. Jessica, take a look into my crystal ball. What do you see for the future of haunting season? I see many large motion pictures. What do you see? Success. It's not that expensive. <laughs> it's just heavy. All right, get out of here. We're going to do more right. trivia. Come on, let's get down. Come on, baby. Or you can stay. Hold on, it's going to take me. Oh, yeah. yeah, what yeah. do you want to do? You want to stay? Or... I'm going to take Bob. Sure. And Crumpet, you can take the guest seat because my lap is a little too hot. Okay, so here we go. We got round two of trivia. This one's called Name That Monster. Okay. All right, wait, hold on. Let me, I got to write this thing down. All right. All right. So. so this is round two, so then this is set up. Okay, so seven. Yeah, this is number seven. And these are kind of like riddles slash like Jeopardy style. So these creatures were the force behind the 1954 feature referred to only as them. These creatures were the force behind the 1954 feature referred to only as them. All right. All right. Number two. Or, sorry, number, number eight. eight. Right. Say his name five times in front of a mirror to summon the inhuman apiary. Say his what? name five times in front of a mirror to summon the inhuman apiary. What the hell's a apiary? All right. A clue. Uh, an apiary is where you keep bees. And you're gone. Cody. Oh, my God. All right. For the people at home, Cody's going to be losing points. Uh, this is number nine. In a top hat and cloak, this two-dimensional pop-up monster became an LGBTQ icon shortly after the film's surprise popularity. In a top hat and cloak, this two-dimensional pop-up monster became an LGBTQ icon shortly after the film's surprise popularity. Hold on a second. I, I, I something happened with the the one question, and so I lost number you number nine. Nine. Yeah. You don't get the point. Damn it! So what's <laughs> ten? Back. We're killing time. All right. All right. All right. So I'm, all right. This is number ten. This fishy beast is the only of his friends not to be slated for a remake. This fishy beast. Oh, okay. All is right. the only of his friends not to be slated for a remake. Okay. Here's my dog. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, okay. And this is going to be 11? Yes. 
Okay. This boob tube creeping tape pirating freak just wants her story to be shared in a timely manner. This boob tube creeping tape pirating freak just wants her story to be shared in a timely manner. All right. And the last one for this section, this creature can take any form and can survive being dormant for long periods of time. But all of, of all of its forms, it never appears as a clown. This creature can take any form and can survive being dormant for long periods of time. But of all of its forms, it never appears as a clown. Okay, we're going for answers. Uh, okay, 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 okay. That's okay, the time okay. you get. Got it. All right, so do you know uh, the answer to number one? Them. No. It's giant ants. You never saw that movie? No. It's it, an old no, black I and never... white flick from 54. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I missed that one. Ant puppets. They're awesome. <laughs> I think I've, I've, I've seen a bunch of those movies, like, but I don't remember. I, I can't remember that like tagline of them or anything. Like, I, I think it's I've great. seen it. It was like, yeah, go ahead. I, but I didn't, I didn't know it. Okay, say this name five times in front of a mirror to summon the inhuman apiary. Yeah, okay, so that one's going to be Candyman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in a top hat and cloak, this two-dimensional pop-up monster became an LGBTQ icon shortly after the film's surprise popularity. So I lost you in that one, but I, I know exactly what it is. It's the Babadook. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mr. Babadook. So are these one point? Like, these are each one point. These are each one, point, one, one yeah. point. Okay. This fishy beast is the only of his friends not to be slated for a remake. I'm going to go with, uh, I was going to say one thing, but I'm going to go with the creature from the Black Lagoon. What were you going to say? I was going to say Swamp Thing, but that was like a TV show, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so you're correct. Uh, which one? On, on which one? Was it It's a creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, creature from oh, okay, the Black okay, Lagoon. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this boob tube creeping tape pirating freak just wants her story to be shared in a timely manner. Um, I was gonna say, um, Home Alone, seven days, seven days, really? Oh, it's wait, like the I ring, own. the ring, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, yeah, Samara Damn from it. the ring. All right, I'm not giving myself a point on that one. I, okay, I, this one's hard. This creature can take any form and can survive being dormant for long periods of time, but of all of its forms, it never appears as a clown. See, I think I said this one earlier when it was like, be afraid, be very afraid. It sounds like one of those 50s movies. And I think this was uh, remade. I, I, I'm going to go with a thing. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right, so tally up your points. Uh, That's it? We're done? Yeah, a total of six points in that round, and we're moving on. Oh. We're going to bring on uh, Chris from North Innsbruck. He's the guy who wrote all of our music in our flagship episode and music that we feature throughout the entire show. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Bring him on. I'm going to put my dog down. Yo, well, what's up? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Look Great. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. You like my outfit today? I got dressed up for the show as well. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. It's like a little bit of Freddy Krueger kind of action there with the yeah. uh, the color there, eh? Absolutely. I know a little bit of the Canadian accent type of a deal there. You're hearing that? <laughs> You're oh, my gosh. There. My last haircut was in Austin, Texas, and the guy asked me if I was from Toronto. I was like, oh, no, no, not quite, but yeah. 
you're up there in, in Minnesota, eh? You betcha. You know, all right. Cargo. Yeah. All right. So how, uh, we, we, we don't want to get in the weather and everything like that. You just released. Right. Yeah. Let's get into your, your works. You just uh, put out uh, a new album. I did. Uh, yes. So how's it going? I, I mean, from yeah. the, people have, the people have spoken, my friend. Totally. It. And it's doing really well. So let's just talk about that and... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this new album, A Delicate Balance, it's a seven song EP and plug it real quick. Go to northinsbrook.com, right? Sorry, had to do it. But uh, no, nonetheless, uh, the feedback's been amazing. In fact, I uh, had a release about a year and a half ago or so that did fairly well. Uh, that's actually how Josh and I met, um, interestingly enough. Yeah. And uh, um, we, uh, oh gosh, I, I started working it about a year ago or so, but roughly when it all came together, I dropped it. Just again, going back to the feedback. Um, there was a uh, reviewer, um, Synthwave fan, uh, Netherlands um, blogger referred to it as one of the, the best Synthwave albums of 2020 up to this point, which is just amazing. Um, the things you don't expect to hear. You know, right. Really, right. So, so yeah, yeah, uh, overwhelmingly positive. Great. When it comes down to it, yeah. Now, what makes this album, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask the hard questions here for you, I'm sorry, but what makes this album so special? All right. So, um, you know, I talked about the time that that really went into this, the songwriting piece of it. There was a whole year and a half of research leading up to that point prior to the songwriting component. So I was spending a lot of time listening to artists like Vangelis, of course, from the Blade Runner soundtrack. You can definitely hear those influences throughout the album itself. Um, John Williams, you know, Close oh, Encounters wow. of the Third Kind. Oh, man, that's one that left an impact. And you talk about films that hit you hard when you're growing up. That one, that one. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, you know, a few others like uh, Elmer Bernstein, Ghostbusters soundtrack. You know, I mean, who, who doesn't love that? And so all of this has been woven into a, uh, a synthwave element, I guess you could say synthwave sound, which which people seem to dig. Yeah, absolutely. I was introduced to your music through uh, Josh. And then uh, so I was immediately like just struck, you know, by yeah. it. It's right so like different, but it was also very familiar. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I, I was thinking is like, what, what goes in because you're doing, you're doing the music for haunting season. So what goes into like writing music or composing music for haunting season? Yeah. So there's these elements that you have to get into and you have to really kind of explore uh, what is a scary sound? What does that really mean? And maybe a mysterious sound, a haunting sound for that matter. And so it was really to the point of going through, I've got what, five, six synthesizers on the wall over here to my right. I've got what, four on the wall again, and a few over behind that you can't see off camera, but manually going through these things and listening to one sound at a time and taking notes and deciding, listening to things like, um, uh, you know, dissonance, for example, in the individual sounds, you know? Uh, is, is there a piece of the sound that doesn't sound complete? There's something about that that's a little bit scary, a little bit uneasy. And uh, so using that, minor chords, these are all different things that came into the to the soundtrack for, uh, you know, for, for um for hunting season okay so that like a lot of the inspiration comes from that and then also does the environment also come from that as well like you know when i'm thinking of minnesota now the seasons are kind of changing <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of isolation that a lot of people don't really you yeah. know but especially for us out here in the west coast but well, you know except oh, yeah. for the fire season but like i would assume that that has some sort of inspiration on you as you know 
Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, no, uh, even, you know, more recently coming into COVID and one of these things that that I've experienced is I'm going back into some of these old, these these TV shows, these things like Unsolved Mysteries, Josh and I, we, we, we talked about that, you know, and um, how that was something that, that really connected us or some of these other shows again, like, uh, you know, like A Current Affair, for example, they had these oh very gosh. dramatic openings, right? When was the yeah, last where, where they, that? Yeah, it was like Pyramid and we'd go... Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so going back, listening to that, and um, especially, especially the unsolved mystery soundtrack, I, I listened repeatedly over and over again to the to the main theme, and uh, that's really the origins of um, you know of of the the hunting season song itself, the the opening song or closing song, whatever we want to call it. It's it's you know, it's for for you guys to use, and it's uh, it's something special. It's it's cool. Yeah, it really gives a, a strong identity to the show that I think sets us apart from other people. And we've been getting a lot of really great feedback about it, especially internally on our team. When I first showed using the song Origin as the underscore for the opening credits, people were like, whoa, I've got chills, which was really cool. Can you talk yeah. about what goes into making a song scary versus making a song like nostalgic? Yeah, oh, most definitely. One of the things that I can think of right off of the bat, um, it goes to one of the questions earlier. The what was it? The water creature that's not getting the remake. I totally thought you were going Jaws. I just I did. You know? <laughs> There's like nine Jaws, right? Well, you know, nothing on the horizon, and I don't know if there should be. The last two were pretty bad. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but to that point, I mean, what we're really talking about there with the Jaws soundtrack are these these minor second intervals. Dun, 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 dun. And there's that little bit of dissonance, like something's missing. And of course, occasionally they throw in that major. But to the point, that's really where a lot of this starts. Something that that I haven't talked a lot about because I've been working really diligently on delicate balances. There's a there's a dark synth, a dark wave album that most of the writing is actually done for at this point. And a lot of it at the core is again based off of these minor second intervals. Um, so that's 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 what I found personally at this point to be something that really uh, triggers me creatively, I guess you could say. You've got all those keyboards. Are any of them turned yeah. on? All right, so I've been experimenting, and and they are, but I think unless I change my audio interface and I lose my ability to speak, I might not. You might not be able to hear it. Can you? Can you hear a synthesizer? No. Nah. No. Let me try one more thing real quick, just to okay. see. I might be able this to is help out. Live. Yeah. I know. This is live. <laughs> right. That's the fun. Right. I you never know. know what can happen. So yeah, no matter I'm, what. Yeah. does happen right now uh you can get this album and you can stream it and listen to it um and there'll be a chance to win it uh, a hard copy at the end of the show but we'll talk about that in a little bit absolutely so a little trivia for these for you guys again um it's a little bit of a strip tease tonight i don't have oh, much of a kidding. costume oh, but boy. do you, you recognize team we got going here we got a minnesota sure? we got a minnesota strip tease going on here is it you dirty betcha. dancing i don't know oh it's fisher not. king no, no, no. Hopper, Stranger Things. Oh! Right, got the beard. I got Josh going on the face. That was yeah. you know, a piece of it there as well. But yeah, nonetheless, so. Very yeah. good. Good stuff. So feeling classy. So anyhow, yeah, going to the sound piece. Let's just take, you know, check it out once. I'm going to turn off this, the uh, the microphone here. And we should be able to hear a few sounds at least come through. I'm going to try for some deeper pad type sounds, something where you can hear that dissonance. And then as well, if I can, I'm going to try and blend a couple sounds just to see what yeah, let's see what happens, I guess. Let's experiment a little cool. bit. I feel like I'm on an episode of Mr. Rogers. 
He's talking, but I can't hear him. One second. There we go. You can hey. hear me now. So could you hear the keyboard for a second there? I wanted to make yeah. sure you could actually hear it. Okay, you could. Okay, I'll be right back again. I apologize for that, but check this out. Cool. So just for example there, what you heard was a bit of an underlay of, of a pad type sound. I forget what they called it, um, uh, dark something or other. Yeah. Basically layered a little bit of a higher higher synth over it. Again, hey, just trying to make a couple sounds tonight. Wasn't really sure if much of anything cool would come out of it. But uh, <laughs> a test run for you there at the very least. So, cool. Uh, well, great. thanks yeah. for uh, catching okay. the curveball, I guess. <laughs> Let's see what I can do. You know, I was concerned it wouldn't work at all. So, hey, so that, I, got, that uh, I got one last question for you. I've been asking everybody tonight. Take a look into my crystal ball and see uh, what, right. what you see for the the future of the sounds of haunting season. Uh, wow, I see I see a big future. I see an extensive album. I see 40 to 50 individual, maybe Q-type tracks, a couple theme songs, some opening credits, some closing credits, or credits. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a vinyl press. Who knows? Wow. You see all that? Wow. That's some yeah. crystal ball you got there. Yeah, I mostly just see myself upside down. But hey, if you say <laughs> it, I'll hold you to it. Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, thank really you so much. You come Karen, have a wonderful, uh, this is a uh, mischief night and have a wonderful Halloween. Hey, you guys too. Take care. It's nice talking to you. Cheers. Yep. All right. So uh, I guess that means that we're jumping into some more trivia here. All right. Yeah. And we're running a little long, so I'm going to take we are. a little bit quick. Okay. Um, okay. So here's number 13. Lucky 13. Michael Myers' most recognizable face is a rubber remake of this famous actor. Oh, I know. All right. Michael Myers' most recognizable face is a rubber remake of this famous actor. All right, here we go. The next one. This hungry Lithuanian orphan could help you mend your mental ailments before having you for dinner. Don't get hung up on the Lithuanian part. I didn't really know that about this character. But this hungry Lithuanian orphan could help mend your mental ailments before having you for dinner. All right, here's the next one. This sadistic puzzler shares a last name with Jerry's neighbor on the show about nothing. And if you don't know his full name, I will take his villain's name. This sadistic puzzler shares a last name with Jerry's neighbor on the show about nothing. All right, here's the next one. With the second highest kill count in horror movie history, this villain doesn't even star in two of his franchise's films. With a second highest kill count in horror movie history, this villain doesn't even star in two uh, out of his franchise's films. All right, okay. we got two more here. This Emerald Nightmare... Let me start again. This Emerald Nightmare's method includes pulling teeth, inflating bodies, and using people as pogo sticks. This Emerald Nightmares method includes pulling teeth, inflating bodies, and using people as pogo sticks. And here's uh, the last one for this round. This campy killer 
slaughters more kids in her four movies than Kruger kills in his nine. This campy killer slaughters more kids in her four movies than Kruger kills in his nine. All right. Let's go for the answers. Do you know the answer to number 13? I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, this is William Shatner. Correct. Yeah, William Shatner's face is the mask of Michael Myers. Okay, what about uh, number 14? I got to go. I don't know that one. Okay. He's a hungry Lithuanian orphan. He could mend your mental ailments. So he's a, uh, you know, psychiatrist uh, before having you for dinner. Fava beans. Oh, geez. Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Okay, this sadistic puzzler, that's the clue, shares a last name with Jerry's neighbor in the show about nothing. I, I'm going to go uh, Newman or Kramer, but I, I don't know. Kramer. It's John Kramer. Uh, that's the name of the oh, character who's Jigsaw. Jigsaw, right. In the okay. movie Saw. So Damn it. Jigsaw, one-eighth of a point. Uh, okay, this second with the second highest kill count in horror movie history, this villain doesn't star in two of his own franchise's films. That's got to be uh, uh, Jason Voorhees because his mom is the star of the first one. She's a star, baby. All right, all right, good. Okay, and this last one. Uh, oh, no, there's two more. This Emerald Nightmare's methods include pulling teeth, inflating bodies, and using people as pogo sticks. You, you, with the emerald, I'm going to go with the, the leprechaun lord. Is it leprechaun? It's leprechaun. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, I mean, this is such an Irish holiday we learned at the beginning of this. So, Absolutely. Uh, okay, this campy killer slaughters more kids in her four movies than Kruger kills in his nine. This one, I, I just, I, I, I just threw out Carrie. I don't know. I don't know this one. No, no, I don't think Carrie has four movies. No, it's, it's Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp. Oh, geez. Which I won't ruin the ending of it, but uh, some could argue this was a trick question. I'll go and I'll argue because I've only seen Sleepaway Camp too. All right, all right. So I'm done right. with that one. All right. So I think now uh, we should bring in the uh, what some people refer to as the three witches behind Haunting Season. It's our our female powerhouse uh, creatives who help us out with things across across the board of all the creative things that we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh! Yes! And there's one more. Look! Oh my there we go. goodness! Yes! I'm so glad you, oh my gosh, Mel, that's amazing. Yes. Okay, so so going around, sitting with Cody, of course, is Jessica Richmond or Jay Rich. Uh, Jay Rich is a producer on the show and uh, helps out with uh, creative input, I think we decided how to put it. Um, Colby in the, well, I think it's for everybody in the bottom right there. Colby is our editor and sound designer. Uh, who works very closely with me on the stories and all, all of the episodes. And then uh, bottom left, probably the creepiest set out of all of us is Mel, Mel Forrest. And uh, Mel helps me with the coming up with the story ideas and bouncing around ideas and making outlines and reviewing the stories so that they can be the best they can possibly be. So, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> So uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. So Mel, what, what's going on? Happy early Halloween! Oh my gosh, happy early! Thank you for saying that. This is like something I've been looking forward to all year. 
And, you know, it's a great, it feels like New Year right now because, you know, we have this holiday tomorrow and then, then you know, we've got to wait. So happy, happy Halloween to you. Why do you love it so much? What's your connection to, to this dark time of year? Hmm. I don't know. I, I think my mom was very into decorating for all the holidays, but Halloween, she, she her birthday is on October 20th. So I think that really, like, made, like, she would dress up as a witch every year. And she told us that she was a witch. She's like, no, I, I am a witch. And she would decorate the house, like, outside, crazy, put spider webs everywhere. And we, we were known in the neighborhood is like the Halloween house. So I think it just was like, you know, nurture and maybe nature. Yeah. Wow. That's um not something most people tell their kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's fun. Can you talk a little bit about like, I know we're only a couple episodes in, but um, you know, we're planning well into uh, November, you know, we've done those episodes and now we're starting to think about December. Can you tell me about the, the process of us working together and what, what you do for the show? Yeah, um, I'm a kind of like we work together in a way of like a creative consultant sort of. Frozen. No. Give it a second. Spooky. Okay. Well, we'll come back for that answer. This is live. Uh, so, Colby. Yeah, <laughs> I go back and forth. Oh, wait, you're back. We had you frozen for all of that. So you got to start over. And now we can't hear you at all, but we can see you. Oh, no. All right, we'll try again in a second. Colby, how you doing? Hi, good. Hi, everybody. Hi, you have the most well-lit set out of everybody. Thank you, thank you. It's actually very good lighting for an editor. I'm proud of you. Oh, gosh. You've taught me well, Josh. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you do on the show. Hi, yes. So um, I'm the editor for Haunting Season. It's been an amazing experience. Um, I would say probably my favorite part of the editing experience is the audio design, just the soundscape of it all, and creating that 360-degree, like, fully immersive experience where it's coming in through every ear. I mean, honestly, there are times when I'm editing and it's late at night, super dark, and I'll be listening to these sounds and I'm, I'm like checking over my shoulder because I feel like something's there. And I'm like, okay, I'm just spooking myself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really, it's been amazing, especially, I mean, I've gotten to work with Josh and, um, you know, we sit down together and we go back and forth once Mel and um, Josh have written the stories, we go back and design what we want to listen to, what we want to hear. Uh, we put it all in, listen to it a million times and take stuff out, put new stuff in. It's a lot of revisions, but it's, I mean, it's it's a really cool process. Yeah, it's a lot of revisions and it's a lot of layering, right? So like one thing that um, I'm, I'm really adamant about, and I think I've learned it from watching other YouTubers uh, back in 2013, is like if you take a sound effect of like, a box being crushed it doesn't necessarily sound like a box being crushed it sounds you know like something but if you add a little bit of bass like hit to it and you add a little bit of like treble crinkling and then maybe you know like something else eventually you can mold this thing into like a really three-dimensional sound and 
And Colby and I do that with all of the, um, even just the most basic things of like being, you know, what does a room sound like? Or what does it sound like to be outside? You could throw in crickets and that's one thing. Um, but if you throw in crickets and a little bit of wind and maybe, you know, the ocean is over the side of the cliff, so it's just in your right ear over that way. And maybe there's some really tall grass to your left. Suddenly, you, you know, you kind of get a little disoriented and, um, and get lost in the world. So, um, Mel, let's check your audio. Am I here? Yes. Okay. So yeah, talk talk about this stuff. Well, Josh, can you come up with some ideas, and they'll add like a lot of uh, group ideas, and you go off and write, and then you and I collaborate on uh, you know some of the scary parts and how to make it just a really enjoyable experience. And for me, that's super fun because it's all creative, um, you know. Endeavor. It's a creative endeavor that just really you just keep going deeper. Yeah, I when, when I started the show back in 2013, I was doing everything myself, and I probably sound like a broken record at this point. But um, you know, I would basically write yeah. stream of consciousness, stream and then when I was putting it into the teleprompter, I would uh, you know edit a little bit. Um, and I found out um, I, I put out a story in this book called Death Awaits, um, called Paul's Rose. And a friend of mine was also being published in there and she helped me edit. And it was like such an enlightening process. And that was really late in the haunting season time. So that, that was really right before the hiatus. So when I came back, I knew I wanted someone who wanted thought like me stop. and uh, could help really develop help stories really beyond develop just stories. being a stream of consciousness and, and give them a little bit richer, fuller meaning. And Mel, you've, you've done just an amazing job so far with that because you'll come back with just like maybe five notes on something and i'll be like this changes everything i can't believe i wrote that first yeah. version it's horrible this is going to be amazing um now it's been so fun and it's been uh you know an honor to work with you thanks well and, and jessica so you're a producer and we got a little bit of an idea from patrick about what a producer does on a show um but you're also we have sort of a unique connection especially since you happen to be quarantining with the, the the guy who is he looking worse i think no, so. I, i'm feeling i'm feeling better you There's know it's like i'm i'm getting like i'm i feel like i'm getting gaining uh you know just like talking to everybody and just getting i'm gaining strength sorry jessica i pulled his string yeah i know um so it's you know being a producer is part camp counselor and part witchcraft you want to make sure everyone has what they need when they need it, and you got to know what to do in case of emergencies. And then you got to look at the calendar, put things on it, and predict the future, because then you just do it. And that's that's a little bit. I'd say I'm camp counselor here at Satellite Haunting Season Headquarters, and uh, and witchcraft always. Thank you so much. By the way, my my outfit, of course, is based on Dolores um, and her work in the zombie music video. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing Cody brought up in our first episode with uh, Kathy Koja was the the idea of like all all you need sometimes is a piece of paper and a pencil to be creative and like the the barrier sometimes is our own mind and if you just go ahead and do it and say this is what I'm doing there's no reason why it needs to be judged or why it needs to be the final version that ever goes out there that certainly made me feel a lot better about. Uh, not being able to spend an entire lifetime on one episode, right? Because there's always a pencils down moment where it's like, it, that's it. it has to go out into the world. It has to go, you know? And uh, having people like all three of you uh, make me just feel so much better about the content that we're putting out. It feels so much stronger because of you guys. You bring so much creativity that is um, 
similar to how I think, but also vastly different. Um, so yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Before you go, I got this crystal ball. So uh, Mel, take a look in the crystal ball and tell me what you see for the future of, of hunting seasons writing. Well, I see um, a baby with seven rows of teeth staring into a television um, way too young to be watching one of Haunting Seasons future films. Yikes. Okay. Uh, Colby. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feeling that feature film vibe. It's coming in strong, man. Yes. And then um, really heavy in the uh, North Innsbruck, you know, extra, extra vinyls press music coming in yeah okay this is like 20 pounds yeah okay and jessica same wow really prolific thank you guys so much for being on the show we're gonna do one more round of trivia and uh and then we're wrapping this thing up cody are you there you're muted i think there we go. All right, here I am. There we go. All okay. Right. So we're on 19, is that right? We are on number 19. Here we go. Okay. Four actors died and several paranormal events occurred after this film used real human skeletons on set because they were cheaper and easier to get than the fake ones. Four actors died and several paranormal events occurred after this film used real human skeletons on set because they were cheaper and easier to get than the fake ones. Okay, number 20. Yes, really. Yes, really. In the Conjuring universe, Annabelle is a sinister doll with a porcelain head. What kind of doll is she in real life? And what were the two things she was reported doing? So this is a total of three points. Oh, geez. All right. Yeah, and I'm sure there were more things she was doing. I'm just currently reading the, uh, the Ed and Lorraine Warren um, biography. So this one spoke to me. Annabelle is a sinister doll with a porcelain head, but in real life, what kind of doll is she? And what was she doing? All right. Uh, how many doors did it take to shoot the famous Here's Johnny scene in The Shining? How many doors did it take to shoot the famous Here's Johnny scene in The Shining? I'll give you a clue. You're probably too low. All right. <laughs> Steven Spielberg returned this movie to its makers in a garbage bag, claiming that the disc was haunted because the doors of his bedroom all mysteriously locked him in while he was screening the film. Steven Spielberg returned this movie to its makers in a garbage bag, claiming it was haunted after the door to his bedrooms, or the doors to his bedroom were all mysteriously locked, locking him inside while he was reading. Okay. Oops. Here we go, next one. Mercedes McCambridge, survived on a diet of whiskey, cigarettes, and raw eggs in order to produce the demonic voice of Pazuzu in the first ever horror film to be nominated for an Oscar. What is that film? Mercedes Cambridge survived on a diet of whiskey, cigarettes, raw eggs, and nothing else in order to produce the demonic voice of Pazuzu in this uh, first ever horror film to be nominated by an Oscar. And the last one here... Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that Bubby? Is that Bubby? <laughs> You're doing a great job, Bubby. I think that's our tone. We're uh, we're getting a little long here. So the last one, <laughs> the last one. Uh, name the three uncles of Casper the Friendly Ghost. 
Name the three uncles of Casper, the friendly ghost. We watched that one last night. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. Okay. All right, I got my my answers are in. All right, let's see if you get them. <clears throat> so the first one, uh, four actors died after this film used real skeletons. I gotta go. It, it's got to be Poltergeist. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. It's the uh, the swimming pool scene, and the actress didn't know that there were real skeletons until after they filmed it. But she wouldn't get in the water because there were so many lights and electrical things above the pool. And so guess how she was convinced? Um, uh, through like uh, a, a bump, like maybe a $200 bump on her, on her union. No, the director, tail. the director got in the pool and said, now we'll die together. Let's shoot the scene. <laughs> and she got in and shot the scene. Oh, okay. Well, that'll, that, well, at least we die together. Yeah. Yeah, oh, real Jesus. skeletons. That's really weird. Okay, Conjuring, Annabelle. What kind of doll is the real Annabelle? I'm gonna say I, I think I know this, but I'm gonna go out with Bar uh, it's a it's uh Barbie. It's Beach Barbie. Nope. It's not a Barbie. Damn it! I got a photo here. It's a giant Raggedy. Oh Ann. wait, Raggedy Ann. Yeah, and that's Holy Ed Warren cow. looking at it. Yeah, and so the, the doll was known for uh, leaving notes on parchment paper when uh, there was no parchment around. Very scary, very scary. Um, and then the other thing was uh, leaving um, like deep scratch marks or scars on a guy that she allegedly attacked. And the, the doll is now in somewhere like locked up. It's in like in the Warren's Museum or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do not touch. All right, Do well, not break glass in case of emergency. Uh, I, how many doors did it take to shoot the famous Here's Johnny scene in The Shining? So I know the backs. I'm not going to know the exact amount, but I know that uh, it was a lot. And I'm just going to throw out a number and I'm going to go with like 29. No, higher. It took three days and it took 60 doors to film that scene. I blame Kubrick. <laughs> what wasn't it? Uh, uh, Nicholson was a, a volunteer fireman. And so they thought he was just like a regular actor. So they just put up these little tiny little doors. And they were like, oh, you know, they want to make it look like a struggle. And he just picked up the axe and was like, bonk, gone. And they were like, whoops. All right, we're going to have to build heavy duty doors because Nicholson knows how to work an axe. That must have been terrifying to be in that room. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg, this is, a, I feel like, a lesser known fact. Steven Spielberg returned this movie because he said it was cursed or haunted. His bedroom locked while he was watching it. I know that this is Finding Nemo. Yep. No, it's uh, it's Paranormal Activity. Really? Yeah. He he thought he thought the disc was haunted. He swore he got locked in his room. He he's never denied it. And then um, he also not only returned it in a garbage bag because he wouldn't touch the disc, but then suggested an alternate ending, which they ultimately went with for the theatrical release. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. The original ending of that movie, she just sits in her room for like three days until the police arrive and then the police shoot her. Um, but the theatrical release, uh, I think she like slits her throat or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that uh, actually tonight. It's a fun I, I, one. I haven't watched it since it came out, like was in the theater. So I'm going to have to watch yeah. that now. Yeah. And then um, go through the kitchen and leave all the drawers and cabinets open. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Mercedes Cambridge, diet of whiskey, cigarettes, and raw eggs, Pazuzu. Can we get that Pazuzu voice again? Pazuzu. Somebody get him some tea. 
Yeah, or an egg or a hard. You know this one? Egg. It's the first ever. I'm gonna go. Movie. It's got to be Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist was the first ever horror movie to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, okay, and the three uncles of Casper the Friendly Ghost. I I'm gonna go Huey, Dewey, Louie. No, absolutely not. No, it's Fatso, Stinky, and Stretch. Very Damn different. Damn Very it. different. They're I don't think not... I did as well as I thought I was gonna do here. Yeah. Fatso, Stinky, and Stretch. Okay, add up your points. And while you're doing that, and everybody at home can uh put them in the chat so we can see, you know, how everybody did. Um, but I wanted to talk real quick. So uh, we've got this ghost, right? And he's been popping up in our interstitials and in between, um, you know, segments and on all the episodes. And we just thought he he doesn't have a name. We don't even know if he's a he, they, they don't have a name, male or female. Tell us. We are having a competition uh, to name that ghost. And we're going to be doing it on Instagram and we're going to do polls, right? But before we do the polls, we need name submissions. And so throughout this whole week, we're going to ask for name submissions and we're going to collect them all and we're going to see who wrote them down. And we're going to check if you are subscribed to Haunting Season on YouTube, if you follow us on Instagram and follow North Innsbruck on Instagram. And then uh, we're going to collect all the names, collect all where they came from. We're going to all throughout November, do this name or that name, you know, day to day. And we're going to narrow it down and we're going to name this ghost. Okay. Because uh, they're going to be around for quite a long time. And so what I'm going to do, I brought up in the show, uh, the North Innsbruck album, uh, Delicate Balance. I've got a CD here. I've got some stickers and some buttons and uh, I've got my book, Death Awaits. Um, I, I'm published in here with just a bunch of other really fantastic authors. Uh, my friend, Matt Scarlett, um, created this book a couple of years ago and it's got a uh, previously unheard of haunting season story that I haven't released yet on the channel. So uh, whoever wins, I'm going to send this stuff and I'll also invite them if they want. Sometimes this can be nerve wracking, but to be on the show, we'll have them on for like five minutes, send a zoom link. We'll record a little segment and say hi. Uh, so that's the competition. That's what we're going to be doing through November. And uh, yeah, I'm going to grab my keyboard here. Cody, how'd you do on points? Uh, I, 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 I'm not very good at math. I think I got 127. 120. That can't be right. I'll okay. come up again. I got 15. I got 15 points. Okay. All right. I see Ryan Carter as 14 and an eighth. Jasmine's got 16. Did it say someone had 60? 60 points? So someone got, didn't miss anything? I guess. No. What that was me. Responding to <laughs> the doors. Oh. Bubs. Yeah, Bubs won't miss. Well, um, yeah, I don't know exactly who won here. Might be Jasmine. Way to go, Jazz. Yeah. 60 points? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, this thing just got was outside our door. What do you mean? I don't know. It's... What is that? I don't know, but there's like weird holes in it and stuff. But I just opened the door to get a delivery, and it was there. What's that? You see this? No. It's like uh, it was outside. Yeah, I went. I was it fan mail? You probably got fan mailed, Josh. It's probably just fan mail. It was just like tucked under our our chair outside our door. But there's no uh, address or anything. It's not from Amazon. So no, just I mean, it looks off. like it's stitched together with, like, human hair. Can you see this? Okay. Uh, it's a little okay. weird. Are you going to open it? Sure, I guess. I wouldn't open it. Yeah, a knife. Uh, 
I don't know if I'd open it. What the f What is it? It's like Nope. Nope. What is it, Josh? Kind of sick. I it's like Oh jeez. No. That's uh I I would uh definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't I would, I wouldn't, did I you would send this to I, me. I, me? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah I, I sent it to you with no uh, return address or anything no. like that. No, Jesus, Josh, 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 Josh. 